Mino Lion Media presents Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith. Ray Chu, welcome to the conversation. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, listen, I have been a big admirer of yours for a very long time. I have seen you from afar and I've admired your work. Musically speaking, what I was most impressed by was that you have such a wide range of musical accomplishments and you're not a household name, but all the work you've done is household work. People don't realize all of the places you've been and the lives you've touched. They don't know your name, but they know the events that you, you, that you've been um, integral to. Mm -hmm. Uh, You start off in Harlem. Talk about how music became your thing as a young boy. Music became my thing from uh, like that. My, my dad, he played uh, piano and he played vibes. So he's a musician. Uh, He didn't do that for a living, but he, you know, he, he had the, the spirit of music as an enjoyment and instruments in the house. And so it started very young, you know, so as long as I can remember, we, you know, he's playing the piano, puts me on the piano, and we're, we're kind of already having that musical conversation and relationship. Uh, from there, they got me into lessons very early, and getting scholarships and stuff like that, and studying at every music uh, institution and school in New York City. My mother was a, a political activist, and she worked two or three jobs always. So, so there was always a sense of two things. One was a sense of, of you know, always music and then always a sense of community. And you marry those two together, and that's kind of what my childhood growing up was, especially in New York City, Harlem. And then we moved to the Bronx at age seven. But all my family <clears throat> roots are in Harlem. Uh, grandmother, good cousins, everybody lived in Harlem. So there was always that, that, that corridor growing up. You know, it's interesting because, you know, Harlem for so long was the the genesis of so much when it came to African-American culture and African-American art. It's like classic to say that your roots were in Harlem uh, and what Harlem has produced musically. How was Harlem an influence in your life and your career, given that at one point it was the absolute mecca of African-American culture? Yeah, well, it was like you said, the the epicenter of uh, all African-American culture and activity until, you know, later in the 60s, you know, people started moving out to the, some of the other boroughs. But before then, it, it, it was all compacted into Harlem. And so just having, you know, that sense of, of community within in Harlem was a good thing because uh, every everything that you, you know, felt and known was, was available just in terms of the, the cultural sense. Now, now, what's important is that, you know, that a lot of people had to broaden the scope of, of what life is outside of that. And so I, I, had, a, I had a sense of both, right? you know, a sense of that inner community, you know, of, of Harlem and knowing a lot of people and, you know, and knowing every, you know, every, every relative is, is not that far away. And then also my mother made a sense of, of, awareness to us to of, of the rest of the world like i said she was a, an activist and she would take us on the marches in the 60s you know at columbia university and she got us into you know french lessons when we, we started the project so there was no way to actually speak french my mother gave us a sense of uh, of what life was outside of the community of harlem the village of harlem and she and she took us all over new york city 
and getting into into a lot of different activities and making sure that we knew what to expect of life outside of of that. And New York City, of course, being you know that kind of place where, especially in you know in Manhattan and all over New York City, you know, this this diversity that exists. Although there are pockets of people who never go outside of their own community, but we uh, we met, we had an opportunity to, to experience everything. Well, what I was thinking was, you know, here you are in Harlem, um, and your mother has the forethought uh, and the insight to think that she wants her children to be worldly, uh, and so she has you in participating in things that were not typical of where you came from um, and others like you, I just find that vision so amazing. The idea that she says, you're going to learn classical piano. Uh, you're going to learn French lessons. We're going to take it all these different parts of the city uh, that may not be so welcoming to, to people like us. I, I think that is the kind of vision that allows us to transcend. Absolutely. And I, I thank God for both of them. My, my father held it down. You know, he, he went to work every day. You could, tap your your watch by him i mean you, you could by the second hand he would get off that off the train every day he would walk up the block the same time and i and, and having that kind of steady presence in our life was great and then my mother who was then again she was her spirit was she was active doing stuff two jobs three jobs take us by there take us all over the city on the weekends but she was just everything the whole experience so i, I think God, for my, my two parents, uh, they, they gave us a lot. My sister and I. Yeah, well, well, when you think about kind of, you know, your upbringing, it only makes sense that you have accomplished what you've accomplished so far in the music world. But you then, your formal musical education. Talk about your formal education when you got older. Yeah, well, it, it, it actually started at, at age uh, five and six when I got that scholarship. They had, they had the Juilliard's Children's Program, and I got, I won a Vladimir Horowitz scholarship to start my studies and then uh from there it was it's it's been every day in a musical school or institution or program uh including summers you know she was not gonna let us be a product of the streets so she kept us busy so it was Harlem school it was it was juilliard little children's program Harlem school of the arts third street music school mass school of music high school of music and art uh, manhattan school of music uh, every kind of music program that, that that happened during the summer, we were busy. And then, and then I'm playing in bands all over New York, and you know I was, I was in it. And I had some great mentors, and my mentors were professional, you know, musicians who were very active and successful on Broadway. Black musicians in Broadway. My teacher, one of my teachers, Warren Smith, he was, you know, he he he, he would take me. Uh, sit me in the pit with him while he was doing the plays, and I would learn the book and learn how to do that. So, so not only did I study uh, piano, I was very broad and, and, and diverse in, in the instruments I played. I played, I studied piano, but I also played drums and percussion. In high school, I was all city percussion, which meant I was one of the best in the city, and I was in all city uh, a high school orchestra. Uh, and so I was doing, and as a matter of fact, and it was, it was at high school, uh, I, I, I was trying to, I was struggling, you know, you know to, to really put the emphasis on what instrument am I going to really, 
focus on, you know, because I was playing piano and drums. And um, and so it was one of my buddies, and, and you'll know who he is. His name is Nat Adley Jr., who is the music director and, and for Luther Vandross. And mm-hmm. we were in high school together. And I used to play drums in his band, right? And we would go all over. And it was one gig. And I'm living way in the North Bronx. We didn't have a car. We didn't have anything. No means getting around and, and except uh, you know, on the trains and buses. And I remember taking my drums, my drum set on the train in the middle of winter and, and, and hustling and getting to the gig. And then he walks in, plays the gig and walks out. I'm like, you know what? I think I think I like that gig better, you know. <laughs> you know, and then uh, and he said he, he encouraged me to to play play more piano, and and I'm gonna and I'm gonna, I'm kind of gonna give you a, a fast track as to how I actually made that transition. And so one day, another buddy of mine, and this is while I was at, I just started my junior year at the high school of music and art, and he said, hey, they have an audition for Melba Moore. Uh, down at the studio. I was like, okay, he said, you know, you should go down there and, you know, and, and give it a shot. I was like, okay. So I went down there and they put the music up and I read the music and played it. And then uh, she sang. And then uh, and I, and I, and I left, you know, I'm just thinking, hey, you know, compete. I was the last one in there. So I didn't see any of the other players. And I left and then they came and said, hey, hey, listen, she really likes you. And want you to work with. I was like, that's great. And then, and so then they had me a schedule, and the schedule is like, you know, out of town. You know, it's like on the road for every day of the year. I'm like, I don't think they know. If I'm, I'm still in high school, man. You know. <laughs> and so, listen I, again. My mother, the visionary. I, I, I came back and I told my mother. I said, Hey, ma, you know, they want me to do this gig, and, and she said, You know, you know, if you really want to go. I said, Yeah, yeah. She said, Go. She said, you've been training all your life for this. You're ready. I said, I'm ready, man. So I started my professional career at 16 out on the road with Melba Moore. There you go. Now, that's that's a trial by fire, I tell you. You know, I find it interesting. Musicians are just a different lot. And I say that in a good way. You know, the way musicians see the world, the way they vibe, the way they comport themselves. I've always loved and enjoyed how musicians just you know, have a whole different vibe. You know what I mean? And what I find interesting is that, you know, so many of us are in love with the work of musicians, right? I mean, you touch so many lives, regardless of what demographic people come from. Um, music is a language that speaks to people. It unifies people. Um, how have you found music to be um, as far as your ability to connect with different audiences, people you otherwise may never have connected with. Yeah. Well, the first thing is my my whole philosophy or what music is and what, what, what my role as a musician is. The first thing is that music is the song of the universe, all right? And everything operates on frequency, sound, frequency, everything. Your voice operates on the frequency. When you, when you, bang your, your hand against the table. That's on the frequency. So everything is on a frequency. And when you hear a wonderful frequency, then that, that touches that touches you. When you hear a great song, it, it moves you. When you hear a song that 
that takes you somewhere because it's a sad song that moves you. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's about what that does to the human condition, not only, you know, not only the people in front of you, but people that you can't even see is, is what is so profound about it. And that, and that, and this is a wonderful God given thing for, for the, for the entire world. Now it's a great, honor and privilege to have been chosen by God and tapped to say, I'm going to give you this ability and you're going to be my portal to communicate to others and as many people that you can touch. And, and so my job is that of a soul physician. That's what my job is. And I've been mm. granted that. What an honor. I'm so, I, I wake up every day so grateful and thankful and with gratitude in my attitude gratitude in my walk, my stride. And so I never, there's never a down day for me. There's never a down day. Yes, things happen. You know, people pass away, all kinds of things. But, you know, uh, I have I have a song in my heart, always. Well, as I listen to you, I think about kind of the gift that you have. And I got to be careful saying gift because, yes, you have a gift, but you also worked very hard, right? People, when people use the word gift, sometimes the interpretation is, oh, they didn't work. They were just born with it. I mean, you put a lot of work in, as we say, you put in the work. But I also I, I can't help but think about in your experience, the ability to just have mastery. Right. Your mastery. I mean, the ability to go to a piano and sit down and play something, um, you know, from your head, no music, no sheet music. I mean, that's just special. That's just special. Yeah. And and for those of us who are not, you know, musicians like that, it's confusing to us. We say, how how do you do that? How can you sit down and just think of this song and sit there and just play the right keys? How does that work? Yeah. Well, that that there's there's there's, there's two separate things. There's, you know, the music and the music in your soul. Then there's the craft of it. And the craft is what you work on and you work on the craft to improve your talent. So talent is God given. And there are many wonderful, talented people. And then the craft is something you have to work on. The craft is, is the equivalent of that is the basketball, talented basketball player. And they're talking about him right now, but he can't hit foul shots. Well, you know what? You can hit foul shots if you if you do a thousand of them a day with some technique. You'll be hitting, you know. So there's no great talent with with involved in hitting foul shots. They sit somebody sitting down, showing you how to do it and you shoot a thousand of them a day for every day so that's what i've done i've played i've done scale scales a thousand of them a day every day in my life i worked at the craft and and the the end result is that you can marry talent with skills and then you have the possibility of that now the third element uh is is now being able to have a career that's another skill set and that's a whole nother uh, avenue of trying to negotiate your your talent, skill, and craft into the world and in the world of commerce. How do we make, how does art meet commerce? And how do you fit in with that? Well, let's talk about that then. I mean, my goodness, your your career and, and your art meeting commerce has been absolutely amazing. I mean, everything from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to Dancing with the Stars uh, Saturday Night Live, Showtime at the Apollo. I mean, 
what haven't you done? Well, there's there's a lot. There's a lot, and, and that and I'm I'm glad because I don't I didn't, I know I never operate uh, reading my own resume and smelling my own fumes. What I do is I I have dreams going forward, and so yeah, there's a lot of things I want to do. I, I, I have uh, such as such as uh, you know producing uh, you know television content. We have you know some series that uh, me and my wife have worked on and developed. You know there there are a lot of young artists that we that like like to develop and present. We have a foundation where we're looking to, you know, make sure that we are cultivating the next generation of music makers and and, and music executives and people like that. So my interests are, are wide, but they are focused. And so I I I there's never I never have a, a down hour. You know, it's it's I wish that there were more hours in the day because I want to do so much. You know, so yes, yes. So I don't really have time to look at my own resume. I really don't. You know, I'm 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 walking forward. And you know what? When when that day comes, and you know, and they, and they want to, you know, and, and the account is, and God wants to pull up the account and 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 write down what you did, what you didn't do. I I think that I'm gonna my 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 I inspire to say, hey God, I I, I left it all out there, man. I I did everything. I did everything I, I could do with your, the wonderful gift you gave me. I put it all out there. So that's where I'm at. Let me ask you about some of your gigs. Let's start with Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, how is it to be on the side that I mean, we know it from, you know, con, you know, television viewing audience consumers. But how is it to be on the side where you sit? How is that experience? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, it, it's a culmination of all of my experiences always comes down to the day that I'm doing something. You know, I, I bring, it brings all my skills into play. Working with dancers and choreographers is, is an experience that is one that the challenge is always trying to find the right uh, balance of, you know, tempo uh, and musical value and all of the things that, that we think of as musicians that they need as dancers. So my job on this is, is several things. I got to make sure that I deliver to the, the dance teams and the choreography what they need. Also, I have to deliver to the television production executive producer team, you know, what they need out of the thing. So it's it's always a, a two-part thing. I'll, I'll get requests and comments from, you know, from the executive producers of the show. And they say, hey, we, want, we like this style and we want this thing. And then I'll get comments from, you know, the choreographer and dancers. Well, we need these kinds of accents. We need that. Uh, and then we have a week like we have this week, which is, uh, you know, they, 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 this season at Dance with Stars has been a lot of themed weeks. So uh, we've had Britney Spears week. We've had Disney week. And so the the range of what we have to deliver is, is, is wide, but there's only one level. It has to be excellent. All right. So if we, when we do... Uh, music for Disney. Well, by the way, the uh, ABC is owned by Disney, so they're totally scrutinizing everything. It's got to sound as wonderfully full and voluptuous as every Disney movie you ever seen. When we do Ariel and this one, and and then we go from that to you know to Lion King. So, you know, you got got you know we got to make these transitions and musically we have to deliver. Then we go from that. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. Right. Let me ask you a question though. When you're doing this. Yeah. What kind of work goes into this? The preparation, so you have to you have to get the actual sheet music and the practice. Talk us to me about how 
you prepare and do all this. In Step Saw, we get a, a list of songs. Uh, and, you know, and, and they'll, they'll range from 10 to 15, you know, because, uh, when they first, the first start of the season, it's, uh, 15 contestants, all right? Uh, they're about, and, and we'll have that list and they'll give us, you know, they'll have, there's another part of the music team that will edit a, you know, one thirty or two minute version of that. Now it's up to us to now take that and make it sound like that, either like that, somewhat like that, exactly like that. This is this is where we get the we get the direction from the executive producers, and they'll say, "Hey, well, in this case, we want to be, you know, you can kind of put your own flavor on it, but we want the vocals to sound like that." Or in the case where we did Queen Week, we said we want the music to be that like that, but we don't want any of the vocalists to, to be uh, uh, Freddie Mercury sound alikes. So then we have, mm-hmm. you know, so we have an array of uh, singers that work with us. Uh, we have a, our music team is is wide. We have a lot of people. I have arrangers. I have uh, editors. I have all kinds of things. So, and so in answer to your question, the process is I start with these these music edits. Then I have to go to the process. The first part of it is working up the arrangements. So, so I have a team and, and myself. Everything that I ask of others, I'm able to do myself. So that's I'm a hands-on guy like that. So I'm an arranger. Mm-hmm. I can I can do that. But I, I it, with a lot of songs, I get other ranges to help. So we have to do the process what I call unbake the cake. All right. So I'll, I'll share that with you and your audience. Here's unbake the cake. All right. We, we put we take a record, something that's recorded, one of the, and, and listen to a million times. Right. Let's see a Queen song or whatever it is. Or, or in the case we had a Britney Spears week. We we I listen to that. And I have to unbake that cake. It's all it's all baked into one thing. I have to figure out, oh, what sound did she have there? What was this? Okay. Oh, you know, because the sound of all those instruments help complete the experience with that. So if we just play that, you know, like that's why that's the difference between when you hear somebody kind of playing some of the hit songs in the lounge. Well, they don't have all of the complement of sounds to make it sound like this. It's not necessarily a reflection on their musicianship. It's also a reflection that they're playing songs that are fully produced with all of these, you know, instruments and elements. And most people mm-hmm. in lounges don't have all of that, right? So what we do is we have to get all the elements, we have to figure out what they are, and then we have to put the arrangements together. The next stop is we, we get the band in and, and all kinds of production elements and, and put it all together. Then the final thing is we have to get the mix to sound sonically like that. Uh, when you, when you when we did Britney Spears week, the sounds of the records have so many you know effects and all kinds of stuff on there that without those, then you don't the experience is different. So if you're used to hearing you know some kind of effect on her voice, and then somebody sings the song and they just sound like they're using the regular mic, well then it doesn't you say ah it's nice, but it doesn't feel like the regular record, right? So we go through all the steps to try to create all of the sounds and elements that are present in all the hits. And we have to do that one by one. And that's a, that's a, a long process. And we have to do that wow. every week. Wow. Wow. Talk about Saturday Night Live. How was Saturday Night Live? Saturday Night Live was great. I, that was my, that was my first television job. I was there and I'm a, and I'll be dating myself uh, during the Eddie Murphy years. Right. So, 
So when he was there, that's wow. when I was there. Eddie Murphy was there. I was in those those same years, and he was, and so it was very fun learning to do to navigate a live show on TV, and so all the things I've most of the things most of the shows I've done have been live, and the live element is one where you have to you 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 are doing what you do without a net. There is no net. All right? That's right. <laughs> so if you if you make a a flub or something or something's not exactly right, well then then it's in there. So I've learned over the years to kind of I call what I what I call, you know, tuck my shirt in my pants and, and, and keep walking, you know. If somehow right. if somehow that, that there was a little wrinkle, I hope you know nobody sees it. You know, other musicians may know, but you know, we, we try to keep things very, you know, we, we want to make sure our presentation is always tight and professional. Let me ask you when you look, I, I know you've done so much, but when you think of moments where you were like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this, where would that be? What what event did you do? What program where you just said, I can't believe I'm here? I would say, you know, the inauguration of our first black president, Barack Obama. And not only was I in in uh, reverence of, of the time and place that I was at historically, everybody in the production was. The executive producers of the show during rehearsals, uh, we while we were setting up for the, you know, the it was it was called the inaugural ball, but it was the one it was the one that Barack Obama chose as his main one, and it was it was broadcast on ABC Television Live. But during the rehearsals, he was being inaugurated, and our executive producer did a stop down and put that on the screen, you know, because normally. While we're in production rehearsals, everybody's going about what they're doing bop, 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 until, it, until it's time for us to do it. In this case, he did a stop down and said, I want everybody to really take this in, this moment in. And so that gave us a real perspective. So that was one of those uh, moments in my life where I said, wow, this is really special and important. And we had a, a, you know, the list of artists who were, you know, were under you know, my care and direction was everybody. It was, you know, you had Alicia Keys, you had Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, Sting, Stevie Wonder, Maroon 5, blah, 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 Daisy, Shakira, blah, it was, it was you know, and, and so that was one of those moments I said, yeah, this is really historically wonderful and it and it's an honor again to do what I do. How'd you get selected for that? Well, everything was, you know, on the basis. Now, this is where, of course, your resume comes in, you know, because if you have a you know, if, if people, you know, know who you are, they know what you've done, then then on the basis of that, they can, you know, I'm sure there were others who were eligible and there were others who might have been available, whatever, but I was chosen. So, again, you know, the, those opportunities come, you know, some of it is serendipitous. Some of it is, well, you've kind of earned yourself into eligibility and then you have the right to, to be on the select few. I'll give you the example. I'll go back. Serendipitous. Well, you know, I was uh, in New York. I was, you know, one of the, you know, first call musicians as a session player and doing a lot of sessions. And this is, and then I go to have sushi one day. And one of my fellow musicians who was, he was, uh, they were changing the guard over at Saturday Night Live. And he's sitting next to me and says, hey, hey, Ray. He says, hey, you know what? You know, we, so she says, hey, you want to do uh, Saturday Night Live? I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he was taken over as, as the music department. He said, yeah, I want you on my team. I was like, great. All right. 
I'll have a, a crab roll. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. But you know, you know, people always tell me that luck is when hard work meets opportunity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so you you yeah, it was serendipitous that he just said, Hey, you want to do SNL, but you he only did that because you were qualified and in position to be able to actually carry it out. He didn't just do it randomly, you know what I mean? Correct. You know, I always ask these uh seven random questions at the end of my conversation. So I'm going to ask you seven random questions. They have no rhyme or reason. You can give quick answers to them. Okay. Okay. Best singer ever. Mm. I'd have, I'd have a list, but I, 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 give me top three, top three. Patty Austin, uh, Ella, Sarah Vaughan. I got to give you one more. Celine Dion. Okay. Great. All right. I like your list by the way. And by the way, a lot of people don't know Patty Austin. But if they could go back and listen to her sing "Baby, Come to Me," oh. okay, they don't know Patty Austin. Okay, yeah. I know Patty Austin. <laughs> yeah, give me three of the best musicians that have ever blessed us: Herbie Hancock, mm. uh, Max Roach, Ray Brown. Ray Brown? I don't know Ray Brown. Ray Brown, bass player. He set the table, and Larry Graham. And I have different reasons for that. Larry Graham, who changed. The whole palette of the bass with his thumping and plucking. He changed mm. the whole thing. All right. Mm. So mm. anyway, those those are some of my top. I'd I'd have a long okay. list, but uh, I would start there. What celebrity have you not met that you've always wanted to meet? Celine Dion. I have not worked with her. And and that when we the the, the wonderful opportunity that that is in front of me that day, I'll be like, Hey, here we are, Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> what does Ray Chu own that is very expensive and does not feel guilty about it? Mm. Well, I tell you what, I don't put a lot of value into into material things as such. So there's, there's, you know, hey, my, my golf clubs are not cheap, and I, <laughs> and, I mean, and 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 when I go pick them out, I didn't ask the price of them. I tried the one. <laughs> And I and, and when I go play around the golf, I'll go to some places where the, the greens fees are crazy, and some <laughs> people will be like, "You paid what?" I'm like, "Yeah," because I'm playing. I, I I've earned this moment, and I go and eat the, at the most expensive restaurants of my choice. You know, and so I don't ask, and I don't go looking at the bill. I just pay it, whatever it is. And so that those those experiences, I so I like to I like to purchase experiences and those things of value so I, I equal value to whatever you know the price is so that's how i, I conduct my life you and i gotta play golf sometime because i love golf too so we'll play sometime there okay? you go all right tell me what success looks like to you success looks like setting goals and achieving them and i'll tell you what uh, what success is three years ago i had I played my final game of basketball. I don't, I'll never touch a ball again. All right. But there was a little <laughs> league out in the, and I played, I was playing some ball and I popped my Achilles. All right. And, and it was my right leg. So even, even as I was healing, I couldn't drive. So I was stuck. And, and it took, the doctor told me it was going to take a full year of healing, even with, you know, even with uh, PT and, and everybody working on you. It's a full year. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the first couple of months, success was just me getting to the bathroom without, mm. with, you know, without any help, you know, because there's a couple of times. Then I had to 
sleep with their boot on. It was horrible. And, and just getting around. So just getting from point A to point B. And then like, like man, that was, that was successful. And success had to go by an hourly moment. You know, can I, can I make it through the day today? All right. And so yeah. I understand when people are not only going through physical struggles, but emotional struggles, success can mean just making it through it today. So that's what it means to me. All right. I got two questions left. You ready for this? Yeah. If you were not a musician, what would you be? There, there's not another thing that, 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 that God chose me to be. There's, you know, it, this has been my only mission from day one. So there's, there's not another thing I could even uh, think of. Yes, I have other skills and abilities that, could, that are transferable. You know, I have a high intellect. I could, be a, I could be an attorney. I could be a trial lawyer. All right, I could <laughs> be a trial lawyer. I, I get you on that stand and fry your ass. all right last question a hundred years from now and they are reading something that was written about ray chu what would you want that to say my epitaph i'd want them to say that hey you know this this guy was really wonderfully dedicated to his art and the craft of doing that and he didn't he accomplished many things that's great and he also gave to his community in the world. And he also loved his family and he, and, and he, and he saved a few souls along the way. Cause that's also part of my mission. You know, this is part of my mission is to, I'm going to find a few souls to save along with my own. Hopefully God will say job well done and I'll be okay. I'm good. <laughs> Ray Chu. Thank you for joining the conversation. Thank you, Dr. Ian. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is hosted by Dr. Ian Smith, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producers Ian Smith and Ken Johnson. Find the Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on IG at Dr. Ian Smith. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is a Mean Old Line Media production.